Luke 11, 9 through 13. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son, this is why I said if you need the Holy Ghost today, it's for you today. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give for a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you that it is so powerful and that it is so anointed today. I pray that you would let us feel that anointing to share the word of God. Help us today, Lord, as we would pledge and prepare ourselves for what we would do this coming year. But, Lord, I pray today that you would pour out of your spirit in this place, that there would be an anointing, Lord, that would come upon each and every one of us as we hear your powerful word. I pray that someone would feel a calling to the ministry. I feel it, I pray that someone would feel, Lord, your touch in their life today. Let there be healing in the house of God. Let there be special faith that would be released in this place today. I thank you now for the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Shall, what a powerful word. What a little word, but what a powerful word. The Bible is full of shall. I don't know if you've ever checked it out, but I read that there was over 9,837 occurrences in our Bible, the word shall. If you add ye shall, it narrows it just a little bit down to 2,550. Or it shall is uh, 3,793. I don't think you've ever, probably never gone to the dictionary to look up what shall is. And just indulge me a little bit today. But I looked it up in the dictionary yesterday. And, and uh, the Cambridge Dictionary says it is used to say for something that certainly will or must happen, or that you are determined that something will happen. Encyclopedia or Dictionary Britannica said it's used to say that something is expected to happen in the future. And then the, uh, another dictionary um, says that it, it will happen. It is determined that it is happening. Amen. So when God says that it shall happen, it's meaning that he's already determined that's going to be. It's going to happen. It's an assured thing. It's an assurity. And how many knows that God doesn't lie? Amen. His promises are yea and amen. Amen. I remember songs growing up like every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Another song goes through, it says, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. And I know if you've been in the faith long enough, you've had to cling to one of those promises in the middle of a storm. Amen. You've had to go through a hurricane. You've had to go through a tornado in your life or two. You've had to go through some things, but when you can hang on and cling to the promises of God, you're going to make it to the other side because that's what they are. They are promises. 
They are promises. Amen. There was a promise given in the New Testament by Jesus for salvation. In Acts chapter 1 and 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And so they clung to that promise, and they went to the upper room. And you know as well as I what happened. There was a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and all the house was filled, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And then when the crowd that was gathered around came and said to Peter, Men and brethren, what must we do? Peter said unto them in Acts 2 and 38, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we're still being blessed by that shall. How many here has received that promise of the Holy Ghost? You spoke in other tongues when the Holy Ghost came. Amen. That day, there were 3,000 that were added to the church. And we're still getting more and more every day. I mentioned the story of Willie in the beginning. But I want to share his testimony. I carry his testimony in this well-worn paper from Pastor Willie. I I gave the story away already, but Willie was the son of a voodoo priest. Willie was raised by Haitian parents and they were doing sacrifices to the devils and the demons and preparing him for that kind of a life. And and I won't get into the whole story because you probably wouldn't even believe it, but people in the Dominican Republic will sell their children to the devils and sell uh, themselves to the devils to get ahead and to get power. But uh, it comes at a high price, the death of many, many family members. And Willie saw that every year family members were dying. And so he called out to Jesus one day and asked if the Lord could deliver him and just as Peter said these, uh, this is going to happen he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost he repented of his sins and he got baptized in Jesus name and the son of the voodoo priest received the baptism of the Holy Ghost because this is the promise of the word of God and if God said it you can believe it it's already determined it's going to happen All those that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And Willie got the Holy Ghost. God is so merciful and kind that Willie was called to become a minister. Amen. And so Willie, he's got a Bible school in his church where they're even training more uh, uh, ministers to become uh, useful in the kingdom of God. But this is a powerful testimony today. It doesn't matter what your background is here today shall. It doesn't matter what your background or where you come from. God can use you and God can take your life. You have a chance today. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. I could go down the list of those who used to be devil worshipers in the Dominican Republic, but now they are preachers of the gospel. Those who were in prison accused of murder, but today they are preachers of the gospel because the Bible talks about these signs shall follow them that believe. In Mark 16 and 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Aren't you glad your past can't keep you back if you come to the blood of Jesus? Amen. But he that believeth not shall be damned. 
and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. I'm glad God is still in the saving business. And even during the pandemic, you saw the people in the streets repenting, socially distanced, with a mask on. But they were repenting. And over 400 got baptized in Jesus' name during that time. Amen. We didn't know how we were going to get our goal of 10 new churches. That was our goal. But you know, God was working behind the scenes. We get so worried that it's not gonna, you're not going to reach your goal and this and that. And, and God was speaking to people. God spoke to a heart of a, a, a pastor. And uh, probably uh, Brother Reyes was able to see him over in the Dominican. But this pastor heard from God. And the word that he received was a word he didn't understand. It was just S-O-L-I-N. Solene. He didn't know what it was. He went to the dictionary, Greek, Hebrew. Looked in the Bible, the concordances, to the internet. He couldn't find the word. And so he asked his church. You see, this man was in a search for the Holy Ghost. He wanted his church to receive the Holy Ghost. He wanted people to uh, receive this power of God. But his church did not teach that it was necessary. And so God revealed it to him. And so he called uh, uh, the church together and said, I want you to pray. I've got a word in my heart. I don't know what it is, but it's S-O-L-I-N. And one of the sisters said, I studied at Bible school at the United Pentecostal Church many years ago, and my teacher's name was S-O-L-I-N. God doesn't make accidents or do things by any chance. And so uh, it's no strange thing that now Professor Solin is now Pastor Soling and Presbyter Soling. And so he was the man who was in charge of that area of the country. And so Pastor Bonilla met with him. And their first service together, four people received the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. Amen. And he had a daughter church, and they came in. And so when the story, the long story short, we had over 11 new churches last year that came to be a part of our church. And so now we have over 90 churches in the Dominican Republic. These signs shall follow them that believe it's not strange that you're going to have revival this is part of it amen it's nothing strange that new people will come this is the plan of God this is the seed that was planted on the day of Pentecost revival begin and so think it not strange when new people come it's going to happen you know you've got power even over the devil it's going to happen Shall. James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts. Ye double minded, be afflicted, and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Listen to this humble yourself. In the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Amen. If you're worried about being promoted, humble yourself. Begin to do the kingdom's work. Begin to do God's work, and he's going to lift you up. It's a promise of the word of God. Don't get sad if you're looked over and nobody recognizes you. If you'll just keep on keeping on, God will promote you. Amen. It's good to work for God. It's good to work in God's kingdom. He keeps good notes. 
God knows every time you clean the church. God knows every time you witness. God knows every time you just keep doing right. And in his time, in his season, you're going to be lifted up. Amen. Amen. Miracles happen in the kingdom of God. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if you have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. I believe somebody could get healed today. I believe God can even change our surroundings when we begin to pray. I remember at a conference in Puerto Plata, and there was no rain. They hadn't had rain for months, and the animals were dying. But we lifted up a prayer in that conference for rain, and the rains began to fall. God answered from heaven just because a few righteous people began to call upon God for rain so we can even affect the natural. Amen. With our prayers, you need to believe today that you can unlock a door of supernatural, amen, happenings in your life. God can heal just because you pray. God can heal because you come and humble yourself. It's amazing. I remember a testimony of a man and uh, came into one of our churches and he said that he had not been able to sleep for more than an hour for years. He was troubled and he came and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And the next day, they had to go knocking on his door, asking him if he was all right. He slept that night. And the whole next day, he just kept sleeping and sleeping. I guess he was catching up on all of that. You see, these signs shall follow them that believe. This is the rest wherewith he may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. We have it today. Amen. Amen. This text that we read today is so powerful. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Amen. You know, we were appointed missionaries very young. Um, and I think people thought we were probably too young even. We went for like a whole month and a half traveling on a month in deputation. We couldn't even get one partner in a month. But we finally made it to the field. But you know, early on, I, I had to get a revelation, and the revelation was about giving, because sometimes we feel bad to ask people to give. We feel like we are hurting people if we say, if you'll give, you know, to help somebody else. And then I had a revelation. The revelation was that God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So in other words, you don't have to feel guilty to talk about tithing. You don't have to feel guilty to talk about giving an offering because God is the one that's gonna bless. He's the one that's gonna pour it out. And in fact, our blessing that we receive is tied with our generosity or our liberality. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall. Uh-oh, here's that word again shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. 
Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly. We don't want to obligate anybody to give today. We're not going to stand over you. You need to fill that card in or else. I see, you know, maybe some trouble in your future. A lot of spiritual leaders manipulate today. They're always seeing bad things happening when you don't do what they want to do. But we're not saying that today. The scripture says, he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully, not grudgingly or of a necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make, I like this, all grace abound toward you that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Now, this flies in the face of man's economics. Because men say if you give, you're going to have less. If you pay your tithes, you won't have enough to meet the bills. If you give to missions or to world missions, you won't have enough to make the payment on what you want. But I'm here to tell you today that God's economics works a little different. Because in God's economics, there is a scripture that says if you will give in Luke 6.38, and it shall... You're not hearing me now. Give and it shall be given unto you. Now that's way different than what men say. (laughs) What bank says, you know, use it up at home and you're going to have more in the bank. Don't bring as many deposits and you're going to have more. No, it doesn't work. But Bible says in the middle of the Beatitudes, have you ever seen that? In the middle of the blessed are those that this and this and this is Luke 6.38. And it give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give unto your bosom for with the same measure that ye meet with all. <laughs> Uh Uh-oh, here it comes again. It shall, it shall be measured to you again. Now, you're probably going to hate the word shall after a little bit, right? But hopefully you won't forget it. With the same measure. In the middle of all of these, it says it's going to be good measure. It's going to be pressed down. It's going to be shaken together. It's going to be running over. Shall men give unto your bosom? And uh, I read where in the old days they would have the long flowing garments and a belt at the middle. And to get the grain, sometimes they would go and they would lift up that long flowing garment and the merchant would put it inside that, that flap, their bosom. And then you probably would shake it a little bit to make sure you got enough, right? I, I see a little air over here. Put a little bit more. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and you knew it was full when it was running over. How do you know when the glass is full? When it's running over. How do you know you got the Holy Ghost? Well, when you speak in tongues, it's running over. Amen. And so it's good measure. It's pressed down. It's shaken together, and it's running over. Shall man give unto your bosom? Oh, we think God is just going to somehow miraculously deposit it over there. But maybe it's through your boss at work. Maybe it's through a friend that owed you money for a long time. And all of a sudden at missions conference, you pledge so much. And the next day or two, they contact you. Hey, I got something for you. 
I just heard a powerful testimony uh, from my dad in Cabot, Arkansas. They were having a special giving service. And a man who had never been touched like this to give decided he would give $5,000 in the service. And you know what happened? His boss called him and said, we want to give you a $10,000 a year raise. You see, this is what the scripture says. Give and it shall be given. How many believes it's ever, how many believes that works? I saw the tremendous increase in your giving, and I, I, I could almost guarantee there's some good testimonies out there. Anybody have a testimony that you gave? I'll give you a short one today. Before deputation, we were at a service, and I felt to give to an evangelist's wife. She had lost her husband, and I talked to my wife, and we gave her a check. Went back and gave it to her. She was selling some books, and And I felt the Lord touch us. You know what happened? When we started deputation, and this is how the Lord works. There was a man that went to my wife and gave her the same amount as what we had written the check to that evangelist's wife. And we went to another church. And a a man went to my wife and gave her the same amount again. And we went to another church. And a man came this time and gave to her three times the amount. I'm here to tell you, if you'll do it, God will unlock it. God will release it in your life. Amen. It's a promise of the word of God. For with the same measure that ye measure, it's going to be measured back to you again. Give a little bit and it shall be a little bit. Give a lot, and it will be a lot. Amen. Oh, how many feels like God is touching your heart today? You see, giving somehow unlocks the supernatural door in our life. If you'll follow the scripture, if you'll follow the word of God, there are so many illustrations of giving, and then afterwards, great miracles take place. I was reminded just before service, of a story, and I love to preach about these stories about giving and the results. The Shunammite woman who made room for the man of God. How many remembers that story? She made a little chamber. She made a little place and put the table and the candlestick and, and was, was always willing to give bread to the man of God. That's powerful. She made room, just like many of you have made room year after year to give to God and to give to the things of God. But let me tell you, when you do it, something is going to happen. Something is going to be unlocked in your life. And one day the prophet came in and he said, what is to be done for her? And the servant said, verily, she hath no child and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door and he said, about this season, according to the time of life, here it comes again, thou shalt, thou shalt embrace a son, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And you know what I was thinking, Pastor John's today? I was thinking that this offering 
a missions offering, this giving could unlock the greatest revival that you have ever seen before. At this time, at this season, you could embrace a spiritual son. You could embrace a greatest harvest that you have ever seen before. How could it be when you give, it will release a supernatural blessing in your life? Another widow woman was getting ready to die. She was out gathering two sticks. You can tell how bad it was going to be. There was only going to be two sticks for the little fire she was going to make. We're gathering two sticks, and we're going to fix it, and we're going to make the last little cake, and then we're going to die. And God sends the big, strong, burly prophet to come and ask her for a little cake first. Make me a little cake first. Make me a little bread first. Oh my. But you think God was trying to hurt that woman? You think God was trying to make her go hungry? Starve her out a little bit? Put her, you know, make her a little bit more miserable? No. I believe God wanted her to get through the famine. God wanted her to get through the hardship. Just as God wants to get you through your hardship and through your next trial and through your next battle. If you give to the kingdom of God, I believe you're going to be blessed. And when that woman made a little cake and she dipped into the flour and the oil, the Bible says, just as the prophet told her, the barrel of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail unto the day the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And you know what happened? It was just as the prophet said. The barrel, there was always, when she went back to the barrel, there was always oil when she went back. When does this miracle begin? When you begin to give. When you begin to bless the kingdom of God, God is going to refill. God is going to pour it back out again. I want to say today, Church Atlanta West, that God is going to bless as you give. 